Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. You know, we all love a good comeback, uh, don't we? Of course, now when I talk about comeback, there are uh, different definitions of what a ch- good comeback is. Some of us, when we think of a good comeback, we think of it as a joke, as a snarky quip. Uh, and uh, I still remember yesterday, I was in Bristol and because it was Bristol's last service before their summer break, I actually went down early on Friday just to spend some time with them, catch up with some of the guys, and uh, just, you know, just to maximize my time. And so, Pastor Kat, who was working on Friday, could only make it down on Saturday. But even when she came down on Saturday, uh, she was busy meeting with different girls. Uh, but eventually, we met at church before church began. And as I was waiting for her to come, I think I was leaning because we... Uh, meet in the school. Our, our church in Bristol actually meets in a school hall uh, that we rent and use for Saturday afternoons. And, uh, you know, being a school, they have all the kids' drawings and crayons and stuff for that up on the wall. And, and I think I happened, I didn't even realize this, but I think I happened to be leading on one of such walls. And uh, when I went to see Pastor Kevin, hey, how are you? I miss you. I haven't seen you for a day, but I miss you so much. Uh, and uh, and then, then the, one of the first things she says is that, what's that on your back? I'll be like, what? And she's like, there's something green. What's this? I'll be like, uh, I don't know. You know, and then, and then, you know, it turns out like it was a crayon smear. And uh, she'll think, oh, look at you. No, look at you. It's one day without me and you're smearing crayons all over your back. And, uh, and I wanted to have a witty comeback. So I go like, oh, cat. This, did anyone tell you your gift is encouragement? Your spiritual gift is, you know, really, you know, just encouragement coming up from my mouth. And just when I thought I had the best comeback to her witty remark, she hit me back with, oh, yeah, I, 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 people have told me that. And I always say, I learn from the best, you. And I'm like, oh, how many would say that's a good comeback, right? That's like a pew pew, you know? Of course, that's not the type of comeback I want to talk to us about today. You know, today's message is titled, A Good Comeback. Because I don't want us to just learn how to, you know, shoot our friends down and be sarcastic, you know, if, hey, by all means, have fun. Uh, but today, I want to teach us how to make a good comeback uh, from the challenges in life. How many know that the best comeback line you can ever utter out of your mouth it's not, I learned it from you. It's actually, I'm down, but I'm not out. Amen? Because life is hard, but God is good. But it doesn't change the fact that life is hard. And life is a struggle. And life punches hard. And sometimes, even though we love God, we still get punched by life. And I know a couple of weeks back, we preach a message called a good fight, knowing how to fight life's battles. But how many know that just because you're fighting life's battles, you're not immune to being punched. And you're not immune to, you know, falling into despair. How many of us have been there before? You know, and the despair doesn't just come in the format of a rejection or things not going your way. Sometimes life punches back, coated, and looking like, you know, something very spiritual. Let me, let me give you an example. You know, how many of you have prayed and not have your prayers answered? This is what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? And how many of you have prophesied something, claimed some sort of blessing, and not have that scenario play out as it should? You know, as I journey through life, I realize that, you know, life 
punches back. And sometimes when life punches back, it, it punches us in a very personal way, in a very spiritual way. And there are things in life where you can't avoid the punches of life. And just because you are not going through something right now doesn't mean you won't go through it one day. And so today I want to help us to know how to overcome. And uh, the genesis of this message was because I, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, we have been praying for Pastor Lucas, our, you know, uh, amazing pastor from X Church Singapore. And we are praying and declaring for his healing. Uh, but the, you know, just in case you don't know, uh, Pastor Lucas has since uh, gone home to be with God. And while from London and from UK, uh, we feel sad, but we would be able to bounce back earlier and faster because it's easier for us as not his direct family members, not his direct church members to say that, you know, to say very spiritual things like, oh, don't you know that actually... By bringing him home, that's a form of healing. I may have been there before. I, I have, you know. And then you, you start getting very spiritual. Like, you know, yes, God can heal. But God can also use death as a healing. And it's easier. I'm not saying easy, but easier for us to say that and to even agree. Well, yeah, that's right. Because right now, he truly is without pain. And he truly is, you know, without cancer. And he truly is living life, life to the full. It's just that we can't see him yet, but one day we will join him. And it's easier for us to rejoice and to bounce back from that. But can you imagine if we were extra Singapore? Right? And it made me think of like, you know, sometimes life punches hard. And, and, and some of these punches are real. I start thinking of some of my friends because I'm at an age where a lot of my friends are having kids now. But with every news of a new baby boy, a new pregnancy, along the line, we also hear news of miscarriages. And it makes me think, it's, well, it's easier for us to say, right? Oh, daddy, it's okay. You know, your child is in heaven. You can try again, you're still young. But imagine what the mom must be feeling. Right, And so what I want to accomplish with today's message is to get some values and get you know, some preparation in us so that I'm not prophesying things, negative things over you, but I'm also saying that certain negative things in life are not avoidable. And God is not being evil when He allows certain things or when certain things happen in your life. Because how we know that God is a great teacher. He doesn't teach us with blessing only. Sometimes certain lessons are only learned through the pain. How many of you learned some painful lessons before? Come on, right? And so you understand, you might not like it, but now after some time, you're able to thank God for it. Oh, that was a painful lesson, but at least I learned something. Amen? And so as Christians, we got to grow tougher and not just be Christians. There are only one God to teach us lessons using parables and blessing and testimonies. Oh, I finally learned that God is so good because even though I never studied, I prayed last minute, I still got first class honour. God is so good. And maybe God will do that to you and for you sometimes. But don't be surprised if you go like, oh, you know, I prayed last minute and God still never answered and I failed. And that's not God being evil. God's trying to teach you a lesson 
through a different means. And so today, I want us to learn because life will punch us, and, but the thing is this, we got to learn to come back again. We got to learn to say that, you know what, life, you might be punching me and I might be down and I might be feeling down and it's okay for Christians to feel down. I want you to have permission to feel down. You don't need to walk into church and smiling all the time. You can't walk into church and cry. Church is a safe space to cry. Amen? But we believe that you can be down, but you don't need to be out. And, and, and you can cry here, but when we go out, we go out with the strength of God. We, we leave our tears here and we walk out, continue having a testimony. Amen? And so, I want to turn us to Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13. Now, I don't have time to go through the whole big chapter 13 and chapter 12 before that. But let me just give you the cliff notes. Paul was trying to educate the people in Corinth that look, you know, life punches hard and, you know, but don't be too proud uh, just because things are going easy for you. Uh, and Paul was trying to educate them that, that, you know, there are a lot of good things happening at the time in the church in Corinth, a lot of spiritual gifts, but he's trying to tell them that, you know, one day gifts can even disappear. Because when you, how many know that when you see God face to face, you don't need spiritual gifts anymore? Amen? You know, and it says that, you know, great that you speak in tongues, but one day tongues will also disappear. Because when you see again, when you're face to face in heaven with God, you don't need to speak in tongues anymore. You can just speak to God in whatever language you wish because He understands all language, He made all language. And He's saying that, but while on earth, even some good things, some blessings, there will be seasons where it feels like you enter into a spiritual drought. But these three things remain. These three values remain. And these three things will follow you all the days of your life. And so today we want to learn how to harness strength and power from these three spiritual truths that God has given us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13. Now abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. So Paul and God through Paul is trying to tell the church that spiritual gifts, don't, don't put your hope on blessing. Don't put your hope on your wealth. But put your, your, your strength, put your trust in these three eternal values. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so today I want to help us how to mount a good comeback from some of life's very real struggles and how to help our friends mount a good comeback when we go through some of the unavoidable lessons or even hardships in life. And, 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 and I've got three points for you this morning. And so we're going to start because it says here, and the greatest of these is love. So we're going to start with love. So what happens when you are punched down by life? You end up falling, and a lot of us who have been punched down by life, either two things can happen. We either stay fallen. Have you met people like that? You know, they, they, they progress on, but every time you talk to them, they're still stuck. They're still stuck at their last failure. You know, they moved on, but that, you know, it could be, you know, they could be in their second marriage, but they're still talking about how their first marriage failed. You know, they, they could be, you know, moving on and they could be uh, graduating, but they're still obsessed about how God didn't answer that one thing, that one prayer. 
you know. Maybe they are happily married, but then they are still nursing that breakup wound. Oh, is it too real? You know, and go like, God, oh, why? You know, and, and, and it's unhealthy to obsess about the past. And so what can happen is that we, when, when life punches us, we either choose to keep, you know, falling and stay fallen, or we can stop trying. How many of you have been there before? No, you, 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 you tried your best and because you got rejected and you, you, you stopped trying. It could be very spiritual, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you always wanted to serve and so finally you, you mount up all the courage and you sign up for worship team auditions and then you didn't get selected. For example, for example, I don't think we do that in, in church, you know, unless there's something really dodgy about you, then we might say that, oh, you know, sister, brother, why don't you try another, you know, uh, uh, a team to serve? Uh, I won't name which team, otherwise the, all the other teams will get angry at me. Hey, 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 pastor, what do you mean by the troublemakers come here, you know? No, no, we all love everyone. We've got great ushers. We've got great people serving espresso. We could, anyway, so, you know, and we stop trying, right? Let's say someone go up to you, oh, I want to sing, and then maybe they were not yet ready. Maybe their voice haven't fully developed yet. And so... They get rejected and then they live in that rejection and that they allow that rejection to stop them from trying. So I will never serve again. How many people have heard people say this? I've been burned by the church and I never want to go to church again. It's ironic that we never get food poisoning and never eat again. But then burned by church, we never go to church again. Think about it, right? Right? I mean, just, yeah, you know, you just had a food poisoning. You just had a bad experience with that particular restaurant. Continue eating, you know? Uh, but, but we are like that. We either, you know, stay fallen, stay in our pit of despair, or we stop trying. Walking around like zombies, walking around thinking like, oh, that's good for you, but I don't think I want to try again. And so today, I don't want to help us, first and foremost, if we are in a fallen stage. If you feel like right now, or in the future, you will find yourself in a pit. The first thing you got to do is to be lifted up by God's love, which is point number one. Point number one, be lifted up by God's love. Tell you what, I'm feeling generous. I'll give you point number two and number three in advance. Point number two, stand by faith. Point number three, walk in hope. So how do we be lifted up by God's love? By remembering that God loves us. I know it sounds simple, but the love of God sometimes is so simple that we forget. But it's also the most powerful thing. Sometimes the longer we become a Christian, we want, oh, give me the deep stuff, give me the anointing, but it's really about God's love. The only reason we're able to meet in church here today is because of God's love. And the only reason, you know, people you know, give up their time to practice. Do you know we don't pay our musicians? Musicians, sorry, we'll never pay you. But they do it out of God's love. We have a great hospitality team and they bake for Jesus as if Jesus is coming for lunch. And they don't get paid. We, we reimburse them. And sometimes the, 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 the cheeky monkeys at the espresso team don't even want to claim back no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. We're burning our receipts. Because we're doing it for love for God. So the love of God is so amazing, so powerful. But not only does the love of God 
blesses us, the love of God lifts us up. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. And I pray that this scripture will be something you claim the next time you feel so down in your dumps, the next time you, 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 I don't know, I won't say the next, I want to say the next time you go through a breakup, but that, that almost feels like this. Okay, yeah. uh, if you happen to go through a breakup, be lifted up by this scripture that God loves you. If you happen to be rejected by an interview, don't despair, you're not useless. Be lifted up by God's love. Amen? You know, if you happen to go through a setback in life, if, even if your prayers don't get answered, you know, some of our prayers, like we mentioned earlier, we're praying for Pastor Lucas and, and, and certain things we might not understand. Until years later, then we understand what is God's plan. Sometimes we don't have the wisdom or the intelligence to catch up with God's way because He says His ways are higher than our ways. But what we can is understand this, that I might not understand God, but I know that He loves me. Amen? You know, and a lot of us, we, 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 we crave understanding God, but God is saying that, can't you just rest in my love? And not only is God's love a great place to rest, and find refuge in, it's also a great lift for our lives. In Psalms chapter 40, verse 2, it says this, He also brought me up out of the horrible pit. Praise God. God doesn't allow us to remain in our pit. Amen? You can try to dig a hole and go like, just leave me alone. I just want to stay here and eat some worms. And God is saying that, that's not my plan for you. I love you too much to let you stay in a pit. In fact, I love you so much that I will bring you out of that horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and I will set your feet upon a rock and establish your steps. Wow. What a, what a promise to claim. You know? And so, so the next time, whether you're going through life and you're going through rejection, you're going through setback, or maybe you're waiting for a breakthrough, and you try and you try and you try, and you feel like you are at your wit's end. Come on, don't play victim. Don't play up the drama and tragedy of your life. Instead, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna fall and cry, like I said, do that. You know, crying is good therapy, as we learned from Pastor Cat's message last week. You know, how often do you cry? You know, and so so you know, uh, 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 whichever girl that was crying and running in the middle of the night, we pray for that sister in Jesus' name. But you can't cry. But after crying. You're going to allow God's love to lift you up. Stop saying that nobody is on your side. Stop saying that you are the victim. Stop saying that you are constantly being discriminated against. That might be the case, but you are not alone. You might be down, but you are not out. I'm going to say that again. You might be down, but you are not out because God is on your side. Even if it feels like nobody in church understands, God is on your side. Even if it feels like your pastor never say hi to you, God is on your side. Even if people forget it's your birthday and never give you chocolates in church today, God is on your side. And not only is God on your side, His love is for you. And this is what His love does. His love doesn't just fill us with goosebumps. Sometimes you come to church, oh, I feel the presence of God, goosebumps. But God is not here to give us goosebumps. God is here to lift us up. Jesus came to lift us up. John 3.16 says this, For God so, what? Tolerated the world? No. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever, say whoever, turn to your neighbor and say whoever, tell them that means you, shall not perish. Sometimes, you know, the, 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 the most simple scriptures that we 
are too familiar with are actually so packed with power. And in life, we go through life, we think, I'm useless, I'm just going to perish. So you know what? I need to take things into my own hand. No, no, no. It says that whoever, whoever who believes in God shall not perish. Because even before you learn to love God, God first loved you. Amen? So if, no matter what you're going through, today or in the future, no matter how tough that lesson might be, you will be able to go through it. And God's plan is not for you to forever sit there and cry like a baby. There will be a time to cry, but then eventually God's love, allow God's love to come in and lift you up out of your pit, out of that clay, and allow Him and His love. He doesn't do it with discipline. He does it with love. Sets you on rock with love. Establishes your steps with love. Would you allow that truth? Would you allow the power of love to sink in? This is why Paul is saying the greatest of these is love. Because you know, maybe persecution will come, but God still loves you. Your, your boyfriend might walk out, but God still loves you. Your marriage might not work out, but God still loves you. Your children might rebel against you, but God still loves you. You might try and try and never have kids, but God still loves you. Amen? So be lifted up by God's love. But then God doesn't allow us to stay there. After lifting us up, He causes us to stand. Which brings me to point number two. Stand by faith. So you're going through life. Life punches you. You fall down. <laughs> Remember love. And love lifts you up. But God doesn't just allow you to hang there. Hey God. <laughs> One more time, you know. Have you seen parents perpetually lift the kid up? No, right? No, they can lift up, they can swing, and, and maybe that's a good, good mental picture for you. When you're done, you're done, God lifts you up. Oh, and swings you around in love. But doesn't stop spinning, right? Can you imagine? You know, someone's going, God, I just want to be surrounded by your love. And then eventually you go, Bleh, you know. <laughs> And God says, oh, 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 spins you around and then puts you down and asks you, because I love you so much, now stand again. But I tried and then they pushed me down. But stand again. But God, you don't understand. No, 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 stand again. But when you stand by faith, specifically faith in the Word and the promises of God. Let's turn to John chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. We have a situation here where Jesus was telling someone to stand. And this person obeyed. In John 5, verse 8 to 9, Jesus said to him, Rise, in other words, stand, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Now, a lot of times, again, a very familiar scripture, we can go through this and, and come up with a lot of ideas. Oh, actually, what kind of faith would allow us to access God's healing? I tell you this, it's just faith in the Word of God. This person stood because Jesus asked him to stand, pure and simple. Nothing else. He wasn't more special than us. He wasn't more spiritual than us. He got his breakthrough because he stood when Jesus asked him to stand. Will we stand according to God's Word? Will we stand according to God's command? Amen? And this is so important for us because, you know, life might hit us and we can either, like I say, remain in our pit 
or stop trying, but God wants to restore us. So He lifts us up with His love and He says, now I want you to stand again. And I want you to stand not based on your own strength. Because sometimes we make an error and we think that, oh, I'm, I'm here because of me. So I, I got to hustle my way to the top. No, you're here because of God. You're here because God allowed you to be here. A lot of you who are blessed with jobs in the UK, the reason why you got a job in the UK is because God said so. No, 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 Pastor, you don't understand. I worked really hard. Yeah, yeah, And I went for the interview. Yeah, yeah, And I put in my CV there, I play golf. Okay. And weekends, I make sure I went to the same golf course, the same uh, 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 golfing range as the future CEO so that I can show off my skills. And Pastor, you don't understand, you know. I got this job because my father knows someone and I got this job because, you know, I saved the person's life. I got this job. I got, but at the end, they, no, you, you, we have what we have. We, we are able to stand because God said so. I mean, let that be an encouragement because for some of us, you might feel like your life is not going anywhere. But let me tell you this, but you're still standing. You're still standing. Don't take your standing for granted. The fact that you're standing is because God has a word for you. You're standing because God said so. And so this is how we got to learn to pick ourselves up. God, lift me up. And then when He lifts up, i got to stand. I stand again because you promised me. And so maybe God's word, this is some of the promises that we can stand on today. Maybe for some of us, it's the very promise that of Psalm 23. Though I walk through the shadow and valley of death, I shall fear no evil because you are with me. And maybe that's what you need to stand on in your situation right now. No, God, I'm alone. No, 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 no. Stand on God's Word. Don't stand on your Facebook account. I got no friends. Maybe that's true. But stand on God's Word. You might not have friends. Ouch, I, I'm not, not, not knocking down anyone here. You might not have friends, but it doesn't change the fact that God is with you. Do, do you understand? So many of us, we want to stand according to our own merit. But God is saying, stand on His merit. Stand on His Word. That's the only way to stand. Amen? I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, a very funny and real example from my own life soon, okay? But, but just, just tell yourself that, amen? You're going to stand. Stand on God's Word. But now that you're standing, walk. Walk in hope. Hope means this. Hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on expectation and desire. That's what hope is. So God is saying that, hey, be lifted by my love, now stand in faith, now walk again. But how do you walk? Walk being nervous, walk being scared, you know? No, God says, no, walk with optimism. Walk with expectation. You know, never stop hoping, never stop believing. And so let's turn to some scripture. Amen? In Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, again, I'm intentionally bringing us through some familiar scriptures because I want us to again unpack some of these scriptures. They are very loaded. They're very powerful. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. We love this. We write it for people's birthday cards. We write it when people are graduating. We write it on whatever. Every time people need an encouragement, we write it. But actually, it means so much more than this. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. 
one of the most famous scriptures that has the word hope in it, to give you a hope and a future. But do you know the context of this? Jeremiah the prophet was declaring this to God's people. But before this, this is verse 11, but at the start of chapter 29, he was actually pronouncing to his people, to the people of God, to his, also his people and as like his fellow countrymen in Israel, saying that uh, this is God's direction for us. We're going to be exiled for the next 70 years. We're going to be captured. We're going to be enslaved. We're going to be not living in Israel. We're going to be away. We're going to be exiled for 70 years. But God says, don't be afraid. Even in your exile, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. When God asks us to walk in hope, He never promises no challenges. By saying that despite the challenges you face, you can still walk in hope. Don't allow life to make you cynical. Don't allow life to make you bitter. But continue to hold on to the fact, to the truth, that God holds the future. So don't stop being optimistic. Don't stop trusting. Don't stop giving people benefit of doubt. Don't stop trying. Keep venturing forward in hope. The next thing you might be asking me, but pastor, then what next? Life will only hit me hard and I'll fall again. Yeah. And when you fall, get lifted up by God's love and then stand by faith and then walk in hope. But then life will just hit me up again. I know. Then, be lifted up by God's love, stand in faith, walk in hope. But then, lift up God's love, stand in faith, walk in hope. But you don't want to lift up by God's love, stand in faith, walk in hope. I want you to know that this is not just your pastor trying to prepare you for life, but this is something that, that we, we live out. And I'm not live a long life. I'm not saying that I've seen it all, done it all. But coming to the UK and doing church in London especially for the last four years now, definitely feels like a loop. We're right now in June. I've seen four Junes. In a while, you're going to understand what I mean. Coming to London, I realized that every season is not just a date in a calendar. It represents something. For us in church and the very nature of our congregation, the type of people that we're reaching, you know, praise God, we are in uh, such a youthful church. Amen? And there's, there's not, no shame in that. You know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed that, that my, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that majority of my church is under 25. Majority. And so the few minority that's over 25, you know, you're, you're old. You are the old people. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, yeah, yeah, that's why we're having a special barbecue for you, you know. The meat needs to be soft and not joking. I'm proud of the fact that we're reaching young people. I'm proud of the fact that we have the very coveted 18 to 25 market lockdown. This, this precious age group that Nike wants, our church has it. This very precious age group that all the brands want, our church has it. But with this age group also comes mobility. So when I say, oh, I've seen four Junes, what I mean is I've seen four Junes where we are slowly saying bye to people due to graduation 
due to progression. People graduate, move back. People graduate, move on. Maybe just the na- very nature of London is so transient. People stay here for two years and they move on maybe to work in another city, move on to work in another nation. And so it, while it's so amazing to do life as a church and to reach young people, as I'm saying that, I feel old, you know, to reach people, it's also painful to say goodbye. Because it feels like, oh, the journey is not complete. I, I want to grow all together with my congregation. But God has a plan and we got to be submitted to God's plan. So we're going to be faithful to reach whoever God wants us to reach. Maybe one day God will bring older people in church. 30. And uh, <laughs> just joking, just joking. I can say that because I'm 37. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, and you know, maybe that will happen. But until then, I'm just going to be faithful. So, so for us, June, well, for a lot of you, it's like, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're graduating. I'm happy that you finished all your exams. I'm happy that you're moving on, but I'm also sad. And sometimes that sad punches us and punches me and Kat. And then we go like, oh, oh, people are leaving us again. Church is shrinking again. And then comes this whole like, will we, will we be able to make up the numbers that we're releasing? Will we be able to reach new people? And there's that fear that sets in. But when you know what gets your pastors up every season, year after year after year, day after day after day, is that we're not lifted up by our own ability. I'm not lifted up because of my skills. I'm not lifted up. I'm lifted up by God's love. Because let me tell you this, for every good person that we pray and say, Sister, you've been such a blessing. Oh, brother, we're going to miss you so much. There have been people that, can I be honest with you, church, that we've been hurt by. Not because of painful words, but because people just maybe don't appreciate the love that you give to them. Pastor Kat always tells me, do you think we'll have a chicken rice gang again this year? And I tell you this story, because when the very first year we came, no, there was uh, Freshers' Fair and we connected with this big bunch of students and we invited all of them, new Freshers' students from UCL. We love you, UCL. And all of them came back to our place and, and me and Pastor Kat, mainly me, cooked chicken rice for them and they came and they ate and they played board games and then, and of course, no, not all of them are Christians and that's fine, we want to reach people. But one or two were believers and, and at the end of the night, we thought, oh, maybe we can try to invite them to church. And then we, we tried to give out a mini-zine. And before we can even reach some of them, one of them in the chicken rice gang who was a believer took it and says, ah, it's okay, give to me, I will, I, I will tell them. And what the person was communicating to us is this, that uh, we are not making any promises to go to your church. I'm not demanding you come to my church. I just want you to know there's church to come to. But this person was almost saying that these are my friends and I don't want any church to influence my friends even though I'm the only believer. And that's the chicken rice gang. And we left our by with like bones and rice on the floor and board game cards and then we're there, just two of us at the time. Okay, I'm just going to start cleaning. No dog to eat the bones so we had to throw the bones away. And, uh, you know, and, and year after year, we ask ourselves, do you think there'll be a chicken rice gang this year? What we mean is, you know, will we be punched down again by maybe students can, who can take our love and care for granted? 
who just want a free meal. You know what? There's always going to be chicken rice gangs. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we stop loving them. And so what gives your pastor strength to keep loving the chicken rice gangs? You're going to have chicken rice gangs in your life. Do you understand? Is, it, is this being too cryptic? You understand what I'm saying, right? People in your life that you thought are going to be a blessing or you think you're going to be such a blessing, maybe your chicken rice gang was that job that you thought you were going to, you know, oh, I can so see myself working in that firm. And then that firm turned out to be a chicken rice gang who, 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 who had a great interview. We love you. You're so amazing. We just, oh, if I could, I just want to hire you on the spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll let you know next week. And then when next week comes, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, we don't want you anymore. <gasps> chicken rice gang. Maybe the chicken rice game was that paper you said. How do you do? Oh, I, I did so amazing, Pastor. You know, God just gave me the words to write. Wow, amazing, brother, sister. Yeah, and then when results come out, what do you do? Uh, uh, Pastor, I don't think I'll be coming to church for a while. Why? Chicken rice game. <laughs> but do we let the chicken rice gangs of the, of the world have victory over us? Do we let life punch us down? I might be down, but I'm not out. So how do I get myself up again? Because I can't stand. If I stand, if I see chicken again, I'll be a chicken rice gang. <laughs> so I stand on the fact that, you know what? God, I'm here to reach people. I'm here to reach people not because I can cook. I'm here to reach people because your God, your word says so. So I'm going to keep reaching people and people can take us as a church for granted, but we're going to keep loving them. You know, we, we do street feeding ministry in in church. And sometimes people ask initially, but pastor, you know, you're, you're just feeding them, but, but what if they take you for granted? What if they take the food, you know? And, 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 they, and I go like, so what? We're just there to love them, to love them. And every week, how do the men keep going out to love the community? Not by their own strength or their own merit. There are days where we feel deflated. We got to be lifted up by God's love. And then we stand according to faith, faith in the Word of God that says, love our neighbours. And that's why eventually, after a while, you know, even some of the people in the streets start knowing our names. Why? Because we keep going out again and again and again. Powered by faith, hope and love. So we stand and we try again. Amen. We walk in hope again. Every freshest fair, me and Pastor Kett stand there in hope Oh, I hope this new group will stay and talk to us. Oh, I hope they're not just putting down their emails to make a shut up. <laughs> and, and maybe they just want free candy. Oh, I, I, hope, I hope this email goes through. And every year we email again. Every year we invite again. Every year we stand there again. But we never stop because why? Hope. What gives us hope? Faith. That's why if you look at the biblical definition of faith, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What gives your hope substance? Faith. And what gives your faith strength? Jesus. Specifically, God's love. Do you see how faith, hope, and love connect? So I pray that the next time life hits you, it's okay to fall. It's okay to feel ouch. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get angry. But don't stay mad don't stay hurt. Allow God's love to heal you. Allow God's love to think of it like a boxing match. 
They're out there punching and life is punching back. And then God, out of His goodness of His heart, allows a timeout. Ding, ding! You go back to your corner. And then usually in all those movies that you watch, in Rocky or whatever it is, you have the coach that comes and massages you and goes like, yeah, yeah, you can do it, see? <laughs> That's God's love. That's God's love. And then they dry you up, wipe the blood away, and then you stand again. But now you stand in faith. Faith in who? God, who loves you. Why can you have faith in God? Because, of, because God loves us. And that faith allows us to stand. And what, since we're standing, let's keep walking. And if we're going to walk, let's walk with our head held high. That's the only way to walk. Some of us are walking, but walking with our head down in despair, watching for the next pitfall to trip us up again, thinking that that's safe Christianity. But God says, no, the right way to live for me is to live and walk in hope, to keep trusting, to keep believing. Some of you have tried to reach out to your friends and you feel like you've been shot down so many times, don't give up hope. Amen? Some of you here, you have, you know, tried so many times praying for all that particular prayer, but it feels like God's not answering. Don't stop praying in hope. Do you know that this applies even to prayer? No? I just remember even when we first came over, you know, we were praying for different things, and right now we're still praying for, for different things. We're still waiting. How many know that? that that's life, right? We never stop praying. We never stop waiting. But what keeps us going? Is answered prayer the only thing that keeps me going? No. If I allow answered prayers to be the motivation for prayer, I would have stopped praying 20 years ago. <laughs> because guess what? When I was young, I didn't know how to pray. So all my prayers, they get answered. God, I really like that girl. Can I go have it? God, no, I really want to know this, this new bicycle. You know, when you, but that's not how we are to live. That's, you know what I'm saying? And so God's saying that, come on. Don't build your hope on even your testimonies. Praise God for testimonies. And don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony that we defeat the enemy. But then, have hope in the love of God. Use your testimonies as a crutch. Use your testimonies as a reminder but keep praying, keep trying. Amen? Keep walking, keep serving, keep giving, keep believing. Amen? And as and in life, eventually you realize that life is a cycle. Right now, you're going through this challenge called exams. When you graduate, the challenge is called deadlines. When you get married, that thing is called bills. When you have children, it's called children. Anyway, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. What do I know? I don't even have kids. But one thing I do know is that life, if there's one constant in life, is that life is a struggle. But if there's also another constant in life, it's the fact that God loves us, He lifts us up, gives us strength to stand again by faith and in faith and walk again in hope. Amen? I pray that this will bring some strength to your bones and give you motivation for whatever challenges you will face in the future. Because, like I said, as much as we would love to do life with you, the most important thing is learn how to have a private and vibrant walk with Jesus by yourself. And learn to pick yourself up when life does push you down. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, you never promised 
life to be easy, you never promise things to be smooth. But you have promised that you'll never leave us or forsake us. You have promised, like the scripture we read today, that you know the plans you have for us. Even though sometimes we might not have a plan, you know the plans. Even though sometimes we not, might not be able to see the future, we know that those plans are to give us a hope and a future. So God, teach us today how to rest in your love, how to motivate ourselves with your love and how to be lifted up by your love. And now that we've been lifted up by your love, help us to stand by faith according to your word. Lord, if your word can cause a lame person to stand, your word will be able to allow us to stand no matter what battles we face. God, help us to stand in faith and walk in hope. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.